Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. What up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the College Chaos Podcast. I'm Garrett Ross, alongside my man Jack McKenzie, and we are on the eve of Star Wars Day. It's a little energy, bro. I saw some tattoos today, and I'm eventually not this year. Probably next Star Wars Day, I'm gonna get tatted up. I I have. What are you gonna get? Ooh, man, I would love to get the Millennium Falcon, like flying through sideways, shooting. You know, I, I think that would be pretty dope. Maybe a lightsaber or something, but. Yeah, I noticed that this morning. I, I got real excited, got a little more pumped up for the show, brought some energy and some juice and whatnot. But Oh, yeah. Man, we got a lot to get to today. Um, the Big 12 has got a new venture. They're going to head to Mexico. You've got uh-huh. some, uh, really a conversation yesterday that we had that really spurred our second segment when we're going to get into the SEC quarterbacks. A lot of some interesting nuggets coming out. I, one that I'm really excited about. I'll, I'm, I'm just going to let that be known. A couple, actually. <laughs> um, and then oh, yeah. the 2024 is going to be a weird year, man, because... So freaking weird. The Not only what we're going to get into... Excited for it. Oh, absolutely. Like, Texas know you, new home. It, yeah, like, it, I, I forgot about it. it that's going to be USC and UCLA, too, like 2024, I believe. Yeah, I think. And then you're also going to have the new college football playoff format, which yeah. that's, you know, it's intriguing, I think some people are going to like it. There's obviously going to be some pushback, but that's something we can get into later. We'll get, yeah, we'll get onto that later today. But I think we need to start with the Big 12 at Brett Yormark. Um, you know, since he's came over from the Nets and replaced Bob Bowlesby, he's really gone out of his way to make the Big 12 unique. I, I think he he has a – and I know there was a lot of people like, what's this guy? How's he going to navigate the Midwest? How's he going to navigate this territory? And – I think his his thoughts, um, his initiatives have have been received very well, and I think that you needed that. Like this conference really needed something new. Uh, but you know, we started off where they're going to do the basketball at Rucker Park yep. in New York. That's going to be a lot of fun. Well, don't forget the pro day. I think was before that. Yeah, they're going to have the pro day all at the Star in Dallas. The whole conference the, pro day together. I like that. I'm really looking I forward still love to that. that. Like I like Baylor's pro day. We have an opportunity to go over there. Um, but at the same time, when you get everybody in one location, because we keep up with these guys, you know, we get to, when we have an opportunity, like in the summer, Big 12 Media Days, you get to meet these people and talk with them. The big thing is it doesn't engage the fans no. having each of these individual. So having one together that you turn into like a fan event, I think that's a really cool idea. Plus, it brings more eyes to the conference. It's, it's an event that people might actually be like, I want to go tune into that, like the NFL Combine. Yeah. Obviously, neither of those events is huge. They're not getting massive viewership numbers, but it's something. And well, stacking some things together is really, really good for a conference in the position of the Big 12 right no, now. No, it really is. And I think, I mean, I mean, like the fan experience, I think you can do like little, you know, set up little fan events and have them engage with coaches or whatever. I, you know, that's going to be cool. But then the new thought process comes out, Big 12 Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, so right now you're looking at in 2024 going and having a basketball game in Mexico City, 
Um, the teams floated out right now have been Kansas and newcomer uh, Houston. I think it's cool. Like I, I, when I first saw that, I was kind of like, I don't know if I was apprehensive about like Baylor getting jumped in that, but it seems like I don't feel like Baylor's getting jumped. I, that's the thing. I wanted to get your opinion on that. They're not getting jumped. It just seems like right like the past few years, it's been them and Kansas holding it down. Yep, and then rightfully so, Houston is going to come in, but it almost seemed like, and while Baylor is... I'm not saying that I don't think Baylor's in a, just as good of a spot, if not a better spot, than Houston as a basketball program right now. I think it just makes more sense. I think Houston's alumni base is bigger. I think That's they're closer key. to the border. I think it also is a great emphasis on, this is the new Big 12. Right. This isn't your grandpa's Big 12. This isn't your dad's Big 12. This is one of the new members who is a power in basketball oh, yeah. going up against... The undeniable, un, like unequaled Big Twelve basketball power. Again, I, I know where Baylor's at. It ain't where it Kansas, ain't Kansas. Is at. Yeah. So, like, it honestly that feels like the perfect move, the perfect game to have if you're doing basketball. Yeah, I mean, I like it. I think it's going to be intriguing. And you, another thing is like, how do you set up the rotations? Like. This year it's Kansas and uh, say it's it is Kansas and Houston. The next year, do you do K State Baylor? You know, like the, the rotation with that's going to be intriguing. That's one thing to keep an eye on. But not only is it going to be basketball, you're also going to have football. They're looking at doing football in Monterey. Uh, they'll be hosting that, holding that at the um, uh, Estido. I probably butchered that BBVA um, stadium. Estadio. Estadio. We'll see. There you go. You're more cultured than I am. <laughs> Stadio BBVA, 53,000 seat stadium. I mean, that's bigger than most in the Big 12 or on par. So I think that's cool. My thing is like, how do you determine those matchups? Like, do you do you think you would do like, say if they were, if, say if it was this season, would you try to put TCU and K-State there because they played in the Big 12 championship last year? Or do you go like a new blood situation? How do you think you would navigate that? Uh, football football is going to be so weird because like you're losing the two biggest brands right. of football from the conference. Right. Like there, there's no way to, to sugarcoat and Texas that. probably has the biggest fan base in Mexico. I think, I think of them like the Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah. I see it the same way. So after that, it starts being like, what do you entice people with? Like, does the Baylor TCU rivalry mean crap south of the border? And, uh, I don't and know. even then, are you willing to take a rivalry off campus? So you start having to look for maybe some more interesting matchups. What first jumped to my head was Tech and Houston. I can't I can exactly see that. speak to why I think that. Well, fan bases, I think, especially Tech, they're a rabid fan base who you know would travel. Yeah, and you mentioned Houston's fame. I think that makes sense. Yeah, but then it's like you're not going to give Houston the first football and first basketball game. No, no, no. You, no. you, you can't. It's going to have to be four different schools. Well, do you, so then, then I looked like maybe Oklahoma State, a pretty good established brand, but they're looking like they're maybe on a downslope right now. You, I really don't know what direction they'll take it with football, but I still think it's a great idea. I think there are a lot of rather football-starved but mm -hmm. football-obsessed people down there who they don't care if it's the NFL or, or Power 5 college right. football. It's football. Yeah. I also was thinking, too, like, say if you you took a program, let's say you put BYU down there versus, um, I don't know, Iowa State. I mean, just throwing shot in the dark there. I think if you're a program like a BYU if you're like a Baylor, um, T, 
I'm sure TCU does this. I, I'm, I'm not 100% because I'm not familiar with the program like that. But a lot of those private schools do the, the, the charity work. They'll do the travel. Like, do you think you could tie that into not necessarily a mission trip type thing, but I feel like those schools would do well to go down there. They're already familiar with that. Like, I, I think that would be something that could engage with the community as well. Yeah, uh, I would worry maybe a little about some like mixing like a athletic conference and religion no I, I, that's the um, fine line but that's it, where it's, we're it's, at. A, it's a fine line it can be weird um not to say i don't think i'm not necessarily good people the- with good intentions down is ever a bad thing um you know so it i think connecting with community is a very important aspect of it so i i see where you come from um i don't know i I didn't realize we'd be talking about mission trips or anything. Today. No, I was just thinking about that. It wasn't necessarily like a mission trip, but no, I, I was no, just, no, yeah, just, it just I'm makes sense. Like, I think you got to engage with the community, but yeah. if you already have those programs who are familiar with going and help doing similar things like that, I think you could make a full event out of it and they would be not necessarily, I'm not like saying they're more capable than tech or, you yeah, know, yeah. but I think like they're more familiar. I'm sure every school in the big 12 could organize something. Absolutely. Um, I'm not knocking that. Yeah, yeah. I just want to make sure we put that out there. No, yeah, um, absolutely. One thing I am interested in from at least the basketball perspective on this is does it make it better and or more important for big 12 schools to play in like the Cancun pre like early season tournament to basically create a more consistent presence for the conference in Mexico at every opportunity they can get. Does the big 12 look at finding a way to almost create a, an early season tournament where they get two of their schools in it every time and they host it out of Mexico city or something like that. Uh, Do, does the big 12 look at saying, Hey, these uh, big 12 versus some other conference challenges, right? Right. Like the marquee game of this challenge is going to be played off campus in Mexico somewhere, you know, there are options there that I think are really interesting that aren't necessarily, aren't necessarily there with football. Right. No, I, I think that's intriguing too. And you're not only, is it just football and basketball and those are going to garner the most attention because obviously those are your money making sports per se, but you're also looking at doing baseball and you're also looking at doing soccer. I think it would be cool. And I don't know if you could make this work or not, but if you had like an all-star team, and the reason I'm saying this is because I feel like you would be able to play like baseball and probably bat, everything except football. I mean, you probably could do football, but could you take like a Big 12 all-stars and go down there and play, not necessarily like the Olympic team, but you know, you know what I'm saying? Like set up a matchup like that. I think yeah. that would be a cool way too to get other people involved. I mean, I believe, uh, no, it was Brazil. It wasn't Mexico, was it? Did Mexico have a team at the Global Jam that Baylor played in in Canada? They the other off season. I it was. Uh, I, think, I think it was Canada, Brazil, and like Italy, right? But I know they're going to have one. They have to have. Yeah. One. So so again, there there are options with this, and I think playing a regular season game or two for basketball mm. is a an amazing thing to start. The NBA's done it. They've had a lot of success, right, with it. As far as I remember, uh, the NFL has done it going and playing. I think it was like what Chiefs Raiders down in the yeah. Estadio Azteca. Yeah. Like, that one, wasn't that like with the turf was all jacked up? And oh, that's yeah, the one yeah, thing yeah. you got to kind of it's tough. Be it can be tough. Careful but, with, but still. Like, I just think it's a really, really, really cool opportunity uh, for 
teams in the Big 12 and for the Big 12 itself to grow its brand. I don't really see a downside. Like, what what is the is there a downside here I to mean, playing either football or or basketball in Mexico? I don't think there's a downside necessarily. I, I think you would. The only thing I would make sure if I went down there, I would want to come. If I played a game in Mexico, I want to make sure that my next week is a bye week because I think you need, we've seen it uh, numerous times in the NFL when they go overseas where teams just that travel and well, it's, it's not overseas. It's still closer, but I think you still with everything that goes into that, you're going to be mentally exhausted as well as physically. I think you need a week to make sure more so for football, at least at the start for football. Right. I definitely think that you're right. And just to test it out, you should be giving them buys. I wouldn't mm. I wouldn't put it in there saying every time a team goes to Mexico, they get a buy the week after. I think you don't want to close that off for the future because it's not the craziest trip. No, it's not, but, but I think having that there yes, at least at the start ideally. when you te- like as you test it out the right. first time or two, definitely. Um I also I'm not worried about the pushback of like on campus games or throwing off your conference schedule because it's still a nine game conference schedule. You Worst case scenario, you get four, four in a neutral, right? Yeah, I mean, we've like, seen that. Never, yeah, you should never be forced to play three, five in a neutral, and I think the conference can accommodate that. Yeah, I mean, schedule. I think we've seen that in the past, right? Like when Baylor and Tech would do their little neutral, which was terrible idea. Terrible, terrible idea. Terrible. I hate that, that I hate neutral stupid. site games mostly, especially neutral site rivalry games. Yeah, I Just, like them, like the big games, like to start off a season. I don't mind. But like, if no, it's in, com- do you do? I hate that. The only the, like only one game comes to mind is yes, that should be played neutral site rivalry every year. Texas Oklahoma. Yes, I can see. There that. is no other game that I think actually should be played neutral site rivalry. I can see that. I, well, rivalry. Yeah. Uh, I just I feel like I I don't have a problem. Early season non conference games as well. I'm just like do a damn home and home. I mean, it would be cool. Like, it's our, so cool to see this team go into that environment, and then you know they have to return. Hopefully, the next year. But yeah, I mean, obviously, first thing that comes to my head right now is Tech, uh, LSU, Florida State. Right? It would have been awesome to do it in Death Valley and then go to the Doke. But at the, you see what I'm saying? I, I know. I, I fully agree. But I do think, like, I enjoyed when. Like, um, well, it was a blowout, so I, I wouldn't use USC Bama. But, like, you know, you have numerous games up at Jerry World. And I do, I think it does add, especially if you're a fan of a team, especially in this economy, who cannot travel. I think there's value to bringing a game to that area. Does that make sense? Like, some value to that. Not buying it? <laughs> There's value there. I'm not buying it, though. Well, I mean, like, the, the like, environment's not going like, to be the I same. I see it. I don't want it. Right. That That's where I'm at with that. That's fair. That's completely fair. Now I see Mexico, and in my mind, because I'm not a person who's going to like really travel to any... like. I don't think I'd be going to Baylor games unless it was in the town I'm in. And again, that's the value you're talking about, but I just think it feels like such a corporate kind of thing where it's like, it's almost like NFL game. Yeah. I mean, that's just, and that's not what I, that's not what I like about it. It's like for a college game, I want to actually have to go to the college, see their traditions, see them in the home environment, the tailgates and all of that. Yeah. Where frankly it's, I want the students there who aren't having to break the bank. I want, 
I want them to be able to get trashed at their frat house and go see the chaos. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, absolutely. I so do. that that's what I feel like you're missing. And that's why I feel like for Mexico to make that work, to make that smart, to make it worthwhile, you have to make sure the stadium is packed. I don't care if you have to give away tickets. Make it an environment that's worth going to. That's another thing. I don't feel like Jerry World is an environment worth going to ever. I have not. I've gone to multiple games in that stadium. I have not been impressed. Like it's a, the, it's the a game. Yeah. The, instru- the structure is impressive. It looks cool. The environment is never impressive. No, it's it's pretty bland. Like I, even last year when Emory and I were up at the Big Twelve Championship, while that was a good game, like you could tell it, it wasn't the same. Two I, years ago, I witnessed one of the best well, finishes yeah, in college football in a college football conference championship game. One of the best finishes. The playoff was on the line. Yeah. Both teams. Theoretically, at the time of the game, felt like they had a shot if they won. True. And I still left there thinking, man, this would have been awesome at a different stadium. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Like, I don't know if that's just Jerry World. That's where most of my neutral site experiences have no, been. No, I mean, like, I went last. But sure, uh, it just felt so sterilized and corporate. And, like, yeah, I, I want college football. I don't want some bastardization of it that makes it seem more like pro football. Yeah, I, I, I like. I, I, I don't for know my exactly experience. How to put my, my my finger on it, but that that's that is something I think. Um, that is something I think that the Mexico experiment has to combat, and that is something why I think like you get to a certain point, start giving away the tickets. Yeah. You're not selling out. Give them away. It should be more about the spectacle and the experience to bring in new fans than about making money. I at I'll, first. I also this is something that just completely and this could be totally off base that come to me was like you how far out do you need to schedule this because if you do have fans who want to go and they like all right for instance me i don't have a passport so like i would need time to make sure i had that in place like I, i think you need plenty of advance for people to do that and then like how many of these fan bases like that's another thing are you banking on I, it being I a mix should, of like your fans and locals, like do you want it more so local? Like how many fan bases are going to travel consistently to Mexico? I would love in to. In like, my I mind, would. I'm only trying to fill up that stadium at most with 50% U.S. citizens. Right, yeah, because that's the whole most. point. Yeah, Like I honestly, I'm banking on we are trying to create new fans. We're using the scarcity of the, the actual in-person product right. being in Mexico, like the how many football games do they have a year of American football? Uh, probably like three or four. Nah, two. Two. Yeah. Like two, right? Yeah, two. Probably about so this NFL, would make it, what, yeah. three? This would, ma- this would make it Max two or three. three right, so, yeah. so, like, in my mind, I'm thinking, hey, you're trying to pack this place out with local people, new fans, prospective fans that you want to bring in, not necessarily to the teams that are even there, but just get them excited about the league. Yeah. Get them excited about the game. Do you think this is a something that where like because of well I'm not gonna say it's new because we see the Big Ten right like they go to Dublin and play but would you do you think this is like all right for instance Kansas and Houston and, and basketball I think that is something because of the matchup that would naturally garner ESPN's attention to send game day down there but if it's football or something like that you've got to have the right matchup like I. Do you yeah. think there's a draw like that would get ESPN or somebody excited, Fox even with their broadcast to go down there and want to do a game day set? Yeah, you're gonna have to look at doing an early season conference game in my mind. True. 
Like you're going to have to have two contenders play early and have them play early in Mexico a week where hopefully you're not like you almost need to wait until right before the season and be like, we're flexing this to Mexico at least mm. the first time. Cause you want, you want that hype. You want to have a reason to have game day go international. Yeah. Um, international is a great reason for them to be there, but you can't just have that. Right. You have to have someone who actually, you have to have two conference title contenders. And one of those honestly has to look like a playoff contender. And the earlier in the season you do that, the better. How long do you think this is going to take before we actually see, like, a, like if you have enough sample size to see if it's working or not? Like, is this where you're looking at maybe a three to five year thing? Because I don't think you could do it a couple of times and really gauge it. Like, I feel like you have to think of at this is going to be years. at least three to five at years, right? At least three years. So, I mean, I, I hope it works. I think it's intriguing. Um, I would be interested to see because there are a lot of athletes in Mexico. How many of those people look and, and want to, you know, do we start seeing an influx in the next 10 years of, and I'm not saying it's going to be a bunch, but like some trickle in and want to go to Big 12 program. I think that's something to be, and I know it's it's hard, but I think it's going to be something to, because that would tell you, I think right? this whole thing would be a hell of a lot more interesting if the Big 12 had men's soccer. <laughs> but They don't have, I didn't even realize that. No, only women's. Huh. I actually think I'm one of the people who knows one of the handful of people who knows a good bit about Big 12 soccer. I, that was something too. I wonder if that <laughs> so, I wonder, because my when when they I mentioned s- other sports as well. Well, that, well they said soccer, baseball I think specifically. But I, and when they said baseball, I was like, why wouldn't you throw softball in there? But if there's only that would make sense, right? Like if it's you have the one men's sport, one women's sport go down there with baseball and soccer. I guess that would balance that out because that was what kind of confused me a little bit. Well, like why wouldn't you send softball down there as well? But if that's how it is, I don't is, know I get if softball is even remotely big in, that, in Mexico. That's, that's a great point, too. I know nothing about softball. <laughs> <laughs> I like the pace of it. It's pretty fun. I'll take the pace yeah. of that over baseball any it's day. It's good. But. It's good. All right, man. But no, I, I hope this works. I think it's it's fun. Uh, it's, you know, it, it's something unique. And it just kind of solidifies what Brett Yormark is doing and his mindset for the growth and keeping the Big 12 relevant while – Everybody, I mean, everybody is up against the juggernauts. The Big Ten, the SEC, yeah. are continue to separate. I know we're I going like a this. bit over here, but just random question to throw out there. <laughs> We've seen like these last three steps in my mind are the Pro Day, the uh, the Rucker Park, and now Mexico. Mm-hmm. That was after jumping in line on the on the media deal, right? Right. What on earth do you think the next thing could be? Because like I don't think he's going to slow down. Ah, uh, what is the next thing that Brett Yormark has the idea for the Big 12. Well, I think, and this is probably going to piss some people off out west, but you're having meetings today, ironically, in Arizona. Um, I think expansion, right? Like, that's got to be, like, we've, we've okay, had... Out, you've had, outside of expansion. Okay, then. okay, outside of expansion. Um, well, that's a good question. Um, I, I know I just sprung it on you. We did not talk about this at all before the show. No, I mean, it's cool. I'm trying to think, like, you could do... She got baseball. Like, what other sports or what other could you capitalize on? Like, do you do something unique with TV? Like, I mean, that's kind of limited. You've already got your contracts. Um, man, I don't know, dude. I will say, like, I don't, I don't think it's a huge deal. College soccer is not big here. No. But something that I saw recently was that, do you know Wrexham? 
uh, it was like uh, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney's football club they bought in Wales. I, okay, I've heard it. I don't, I'm not familiar they're with com- European they're, soccer. They're coming to the U.S. this about. summer to okay. play not the LA Galaxy, but the LA Galaxy's second team. They have two teams? I didn't realize that we had like... Oh, yeah. It's like a, it's like an A and a B. Okay. But I Rexham, something Rexham's <laughs> not not at the level of the A team. So right, they, right, right. they know we've got to play to our level. We've got to play the B team. I'm just curious if we see other sports start adapting some of this these international ideas just to get recruiting out there and like to try and build the brand to get like, like say, I don't know, Iowa State's women's soccer team goes and like does kind of like a home and home with yeah. some, I don't know, I don't know, university or maybe a club's like women's, like, I don't know, eight, 18 and under women's team or something like that. Do you start seeing a lot of like little international exchange things that aren't like made for TV, but slowly but surely get the names out there? I, you could. And I don't know how many Big 12 schools do this and this, but as much as esports have emerged and you constantly Ooh. have, um, you know, stuff from across the nation. Really, that's global. I, I think maybe if you have like esports tournaments or something like that, I think the that conference could, officially sponsoring right, esports, right? Like, say, yeah, you have like a that. you have a like a one. Baylor because remember they did this. I think Baylor did this not too long ago. There was an esports bas. I feel like it was basketball. As when I was with JMO, ba- Baylor definitely did a 2K thing where they got a yeah. mod in there, yeah, and they did like Alvin Brooks team versus right, right. Was it Tang's team? It might have been during the bubble. It might have been they, during yeah, the bubble. I remember they did something like but that. Yeah, but yeah, I think that's something that you could capitalize on. I think that's something that a lot of people would be intrigued by because I mean everybody plays video. You could even yeah. make it to where like you had teams, like players on teams playing other people from other countries and stuff. I think that would be a, a unique avenue to hit. There have been a couple good ideas here from the chat just okay. now. Uh, Scotty B throughout volleyball. I feel like every time I've gone to a volleyball game, Volleyball's cool. I've been impressed. Volleyball's fun. I'm like, they are athletic as hell. And so you I, could do I think beach there's- and hard court. Be, beach volleyball is somewhere that I definitely think the Big 12 could grow. I know, I think TCU's got a pretty solid beach volleyball program right now, actually. Um, but beyond that, just I don't know. I I think it's I think it's possibly a growth sport for for on the women's side, right? And um, I think you can get a lot of good entertainment out of that. Um, and then another one, Clint Moses throughout college basketball games in Europe, Japan, or Australia. I love that. And I think actually trying to turn those um, every four years team trips to different like out like of, what out Baylor of the did States, with Canada. Yeah, yeah. Um, Canada was actually, I believe, different. I think Baylor can still do a proper team trip here soon. Like the women are going to do this upcoming year when they yes. go to... Okay, okay. Um, because you get one of those every four years, but then there are certain events where if you get selected to be them because you didn't choose, right. you got selected, then you get an, essentially an extra trip. But turning more of those actual team trips into showcases that have that are televised that, like, I don't know, just... I, no. I think playing more outside of the footprint just to build the brand. You're going to have to. And I think that you're going to see more of an initiative. And maybe Mexico is just the start. Like maybe that's, you know, you, you start with what what uh, countries border. Maybe you start Mexico, you then you go in. We've already seen some footprint up in Canada and then go overseas from there. Uh, I, I like, I'm liking some of these comments. I don't think ice hockey's anywhere. I would, look, I would tell you this. <laughs> I wish to God 
that the Big 12 played hockey. I freaking <laughs> love hockey. When I went to Arizona and being able to go on Arizona State's campus and they were practicing, dude, I was so freaking pumped. Like, I would love – I need to, like I know they have club hockey and that's cute. Ugh, make this a damn NHL sport. I mean, uh, not <laughs> NHL, but make this an oh, NCAA sport. Uh, yes, Big Twelve hockey. Take that crap to Canada. Let's ride, <laughs> dude. Let's freaking ride. Okay. I'm down. Also, uh, the big Lubbock with uh, next is the World College League for non-football sports. I don't. I don't think any of us think it's going there. I don't even necessarily no, think you're going there. I, 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 that's I, I, too I, much I, money. Just, just to be clear, I don't think the big Lubbock's going there. But <laughs> it's interesting. I don't think it's actually happening. Paxton's down for hockey. Paxton's one Thank brought you, up by hockey. Um, but Would you do I, like rifling and stuff? <laughs> like no, I mean that dude, TCU is like we're taking we're taking the what was it the. Uh, Oh, was it meat checking world champions or whatever that meat, you know, meat judging world championships? Nah, but, uh, we're gonna do the barbecue. We're gonna for just, real though, just to kind of try and wrap it up. I, th I really actually do think you're onto it with the dude, esports. Esports, I think, would I be think the perfect the e thing. Is the one I, I get the. I don't know you don't why, even have to go there. You can do that just, remote. Yeah, there's something about that. The idea is just like, yes, this is what Brett Yormark will do next. I mean, I think that's we, a great we're probably avenue. wrong, but esports does sound like it's the most it feasible the option, thing. in my opinion. Yeah, could be wrong, but I, so I think that is definitely an avenue. That all that really leaves me thinking now is what's next for all these other colleges and conferences, and specifically, what's next for QBs in the SEC? Ooh. Because a lot of their top QBs are gone. A lot of turnover, man. A lot of turnover. And we're going to tackle that next here on the College Chaos Podcast. Welcome back into the College Chaos Podcast. Garrett Ross, Jack McKenzie here with you. And Jack, I mean, we're just talking about the slander I have to deal with every day in this building. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what the <laughs> slander is. Because to be fair, I'm usually off in my own world, like editing something with my headphones in. So I don't always listen to the 365 sports show as informative and good and high quality as it can be. I'm usually having to do something else for you are. our company. You are. So what's this SEC slander that we hear all the time before we hop into the SEC QB conversation? Oh, just, you know, how they just control everything and it's just so bad and they're the big bad monster and just a constantly the, the propaganda machines, and I know it's probably true, but you know it's just funny. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I, mean, I have I to mean, sit in Big Twelve I mean, territory so, and absorb it every day. Look, every conference should have their propaganda machine because <laughs> if 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 one conference does, every conference should. Uh, it's a battle like that. It's, it's like political parties. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's exactly what it's like dealing with. Oh, oh but, but no. But yeah. So yeah, yesterday you and I were having a little conversation. Um, as y'all know, I am an LSU fan, and I have been really nervous about the future of Garrett Nussmeyer. Um, I, I thought he was destined for the portal. I, I was so scared, dude, Like because it made all the sense in the world right now in the current climate of college athletics for him to hit the portal. And once the spring game, really after I watched the spring game, I was kind of the, the watching him and Jaden Daniels, their camaraderie and the way they just like, they seem to bounce off each other, support each other. Um, it's very unique. 
And so watching that's that, really nice for Daniels after Arizona State. <laughs> absolutely, it is. And so I, exactly. <laughs> so I was like, okay, cool. You know, maybe Nuss realizes the situation. He's seeing that this is going to be Daniels' year, and then it's going to be his. Walker Howard transferred out. T.J. Finley hit the portal the year before that. And then it comes out, Nussbauer says, I am staying in Baton Rouge. And I got freaking pumped because for so long as an LSU fan, I have felt, especially in the terrible Les Miles, that I love Les Miles at the time, but his neglect of the quarterback position year in and year out was absolutely brutal. And I really felt like if they were able to get quarterbacks like they have done over the past three years or so, really since Burrow came from Ohio State, that they could have been what Bama was. I mean, I really think they were literally one position away from being that good. Um, you're starting to see that. Hard so, time seeing it, but okay. Think about it, dude. They were loaded nonstop. They just could not get a quarterback that could walk and tie his damn shoes. And they would get beat by freaking Bama by like two points. I know quarterback is the most important position on a football team. But there were too many shortcomings on those teams in terms of the actual product they put on the field. I'm sorry. If they you have freaking as hell at every position except quarterback, but they didn't play like it, Garrett. Yes, they did. They did in every aspect except the quarterback position. It's spread in the field. How the hell do you have Odell Beckham and freaking Jarvis Landry and they can't throw the ball to him? I don't think they're winning national championships even with Get an above average hey, you are, quarterback. This is the slander I'm dealing with. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Prime example. No. <laughs> I don't I don't think they, they would be winning at the level of Bama. They'd be winning maybe another national championship. They wouldn't be Dude, winning more than one. Hell no. I think they would have at least two more. At least two more. If they had a decent quarterback during the Les Miles era. That's where I'm at. That's probably my bias, and you can just deal with it. I think if you have a different quarterback and a different head coach, yeah, sure, talk to me then. Look, man, Matt Hatter, the Matt Hatter, the Matt Hatter did his thing. I'm not some a grass and whatnot. Fan. Okay, so <laughs> what, with that being said, derail the center already. <laughs> exactly. No, so I think LSU is really set up nicely in the future, and then you had a couple other quarterback news that kind of unfolded. Where, to my joy, Bama realize that Jalen Milrow is not the guy. I think we kind of all saw that last year. To your joy? Yes. You're happy they probably got in a quarterback who's going to play better for them this year? Look, I'm going to tell you than this. Than they already okay. had in town? So you bring in Tyler Buckner. That's cute. That's cute. <laughs> Look, yeah, bringing in Buckner does raise plenty of concerns, being like, that. that's the level your QB play is going to be at. Like, he's not bad, but, like, there's a reason he left Notre Dame. Exactly. And... It brings me joy to see Alabama struggling at that position. It would have brought me more joy to be like, I know the guy they have in town is not good enough, and they're still going to ride with him. Hear me out, though. Brian Kelly knows every flaw in that man's system. Oh, why Thank did I not you. think of that? Thank you. I am so freaking pumped. It's unreal. Uh, <laughs> so so oh, we, we still got Big Bad Freud. Georgia over there. But still, I, so I think, look, man. Bama is going to be good. I think they. It's kind of weird, huh? The Schadenfreude. 
You take joy in other people's. Pain. Oh, absolutely. I, I will definitely <laughs> absorb the sorry, joy sorry. Going, to Alabama's going. misery. And so, right, look, I think Bama's going to be good. I think this is going to be a situation, though, where they you kind of see a step back to them being that older Bama relying more on the run and strong defense, which they're always going to have that. But being a bit more like Georgia. Maybe. Being a bit more like Georgia, but not – I, not having the roster constructed exactly. to be Exactly. They're not going to have that depth. They're going to be good. They're going to be deeper than 95% of the programs in the nation. Don't take, don't get my words twisted. But compared to Georgia, Tennessee, LSU, I think I'm liking these teams a little, their chances to kind of help push Bama yeah. down a step. Like offensively, when I look at Georgia, I look at the trenches and I look at tight end. I think, oh God, man, yeah. they're killing it there. Absolutely. I look at Bama and I'm like, they're killing it at wide receiver and running back and quarterback. So now if they're not kick, killing it at, at quarterback, I'm not saying their O-line's bad. Do not get no, me wrong. No, no, no. This they're is good. still Bama. Exactly. But if you're trying to rank the relative strength of each position group at Bama, now that QB's going down, tight end, O-line, mm -hmm. those were probably... The two well, lower groups compared to wide receiver and running back. It is, and you're also you're in a situation where for for the longest time, so, so essentially their offense is having to look at emphasizing the positions where they were relatively weaker. Yeah, and they're also in a situation where they're losing these recruiting battles where for the past decade they've had it on lock. Like you know, it was Bama in the field. Now you've got freaking there's five teams, four teams that can compete with them or beat them on a regular basis. We haven't. It, I'm. I feel like that's the case that we can see that who, going for those Georgia, Tennessee, Georgia, Tennessee. I think Tennessee. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I love Josh Heupel. I I loved. I loved it last year. I will keep loving it. I think Joe Milton's gonna. Joe kill Milton's it. cold, dude. And then you my, got biggest Eo my biggest concern is frankly just are they going to keep having a good enough overall team? I think they will. Not just the offense to compete with Bama every year. They have the money. That's where we're competing at. Now. with Georgia is a different question. Yeah, I'm not, I want to make sure. I'm not, when I'm I say with Bama, I'm not saying compete with the best. I'm no. I'm saying compete with Bama, Bama. because Bama. George is the best right and now. And then you're also gonna you gotta have a situation too where we don't know what the schedule format's gonna look like. They're still trying to debate that how they're gonna do that. So you're not necessarily gonna play everybody, which you never have anyway. The Big Twelve was the only conference that did that. But I think you're gonna see where you could have like um, teams with easier paths. Like, you might not even have Bama on your schedule if you're Tennessee. I hope you would. I, I would that's probably got to be the one not, where you do. That's got to be one solid that. rival. That's got to be the one solid rival. But I think that's something to kick into consideration, too. It's like, how is this schedule going to shape out and everything? But I feel like these programs are catching up and going to pass Bama. And when you're looking at a situation where you're relying on a transfer like Tyler Buckner to be your guy – I'm not real confident. And Jalen Miller is your backup. Like, bro, does he need to be like Roshan Johnson and switch positions at this point? Like, I, he can't throw, dude. Like, he's yeah, not accurate. Know. He's fast as hell, but he's not accurate. I don't know, man. I don't know enough about him, but all I'm left here wondering is, like, if Bama's truly looking at getting passed up right now, are we about to see the wrath of Nick Saban again in the next two years? Or are we actually going to see the tail off, finally? I, man, I, look, I think they're always going to be competitive. And I'm not saying it has to be no, one of those no, things. No, no, I think they're always going to be competitive, but I think we're in a situation right now where the Saban Golden era is gone. 
He's always going to have teams that are good. He's always going to have teams that are competing, but they're not going to be what they have been. There's just no way. The way and plus, you're going to throw Texas, and I know Texas, other than Paxton, I'm probably going to get ripped for saying Texas, doing anything. But I think with their money going over there, they need to do something this year. You're, there's going to be more cookie hands in the cookie jar. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it, it's, So that's something to keep in mind. But as far as – like TJ Finley – transferred out of Auburn yesterday as well. And this was a guy who... Yeah, walk me through the Auburn situation. Okay, so Auburn's really weird because you have Robbie Ashford who came in, he transferred from Oregon, and when Finley went down last year, Ashford came in and he showed that he could carry that offense. He threw for like 1,700 yards and seven touchdowns, and he ran for almost 807 touchdowns as well. So he's good, but they don't have the pieces around them like that's the weird thing is because you freeze you freeze for whatever reason he can coach i'm his personal i do not like you freeze at all i can't stand that man he's a damn good football coach though so i think he's going to be able to put a scheme around there um but i don't know how realistically what auburn can do in the sec if that makes sense does that make sense yeah I, to an extent i I'm sitting here just being like, I have no idea what to expect from Auburn. I'm not even certain they'll make a bowl or anything. Like, I just... They'll make a bowl. But they're not like... They're nothing to be scared of. They're nothing... I find it incredibly hard to believe they won a national championship around, like, what, a decade ago now? With scam, yeah. Just, like... (laughs) Okay, just taking shots out here. (laughs) (laughs) But... uh, yeah, like, like I said, I needed you to walk me through the Auburn situation because I don't know it too well. It, it's So Auburn's in a situation now where you got the turnover. They have the pieces there, but they're just not up to par. Do they have the pieces there? Well, that that's the biggest thing. Like, they, they seem like they're thoroughly little brother now. Oh, they hell like, yeah, they're like thoroughly little brother. Like, they've always been little brother. No, but they're but it definitely. Seems, it seems like like they got they got a good bloody well, nose from their older brother, and well, the they problem had to that- go rest for a while the problem there too is like you can never breathe if you're a coach or there's so much pressure because of that mass little brother syndrome where nobody's ever happy and we always we hear about texas and all of the behind the scenes with the regents and stuff auburn probably takes that to another level and i i, I just you have yeah. such a small window there and with you freeze kind of like working his way back into the sec and truck because that's where he wanted to be you know he had success at Ole miss but at the same time like i just don't see them being really relevant in the grand scheme of the sec yeah. anytime soon grand scheme of the sec we're gonna have to go rapid fire here so we have time to talk about the culture Bowl playoff yep, 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 yep. um let's say give everyone a grade of like a strength a question mark or a weakness their qb is a like their qb situation is a strength a question mark or a weakness i'm going to start naming teams you tell me where you think they are okay you ready let's do it texas a&m oh uh i would say that's a question mark because wagman wagman's good um i just don't trust the pieces around him and i do not like petrino as an offensive coordinator and jimbo fisher is on thin ice arkansas um I, that one I got a question mark about. KJ Jefferson is really good, um, 
But Kendall Browse is now at TCU. His new offensive coordinator coming in is somebody that you had mentioned he worked with in the past. I'm not 100% on that, but Dan Enos has also spent time. But, but Lately, you, he's been at Maryland working with uh, the younger Tonga Vailoa. Yeah. And he uh, spent some time at Bama with Jalen Hurts. So that's pretty good company to be in. So I, I just need to see. I, I don't. I, I have question marks with KJ Jefferson. Yeah. Ole Miss. Oh, I don't. Mm. Dart versus Sanders, probably Dart. Is it a question mark? Is it a weakness? Is it a strength? You know what? I'm going to put it as a weakness because I had this as a question mark at first. The more I think about this, Jackson Dart is not going to win you very many games in the SEC, and if he gets hurt, Spencer Sanders damn sure isn't going to. And then Howard is the quarterback of the future, but he's not ready to roll yet. Okay. So I would. I, that's where I would put that. Super rapid fire. Three teams from the East to finish it off. Kentucky, Georgia, Florida. Kentucky, I like. Uh, Leary kind of took a step back last year when he was at NC State compared to the year prior. He threw for over 3,000 yards last year. It was just over 1,000. How does he transition there? But I do like him in that system replacing Will Levis. Florida, hell no. Graham Mertz is trash. Um, and we know their situation. They bought an NIL deal. They yeah, with Rashada. Yeah, it's just Florida's Florida. Florida's freaking Florida. And then Georgia. Georgia, uh, Beck is good. Um, Carson Beck, I think, has the potential to be arguably the greatest quarterback to come out of there. When you, Whoa, that's a statement. I, maybe Matt. I mean, other than Matt Stafford, I'm not. I'm not saying it like it's a crazy huge bar, but like that's still a big. Statement it's a big for bar, a but I think program. he has the potential, especially with all the talent they're going to have around him. Dude, hell yeah! Like Stetson Bennett was the definition of a game manager. Like I mean, he had a little athleticism, but. Beck is significantly better than him, so I need to see it. He's still young, you know, but I I feel like they're in a really good position. Okay, time to break. We're running over, but coming up next is College Football Playoff schedule talk for the 2024 season when they expand to 12 teams. Welcome back into the College Chaos Podcast with Jack McKenzie and Garrett Ross. And our last topic for the day is the newly released 2024 college football playoff schedule. At last. Yeah, at last. We're moving up to 12 teams. We've got on-campus games, and we've kind of learned a bit about how the Bulls are going to allocate the quarterfinals, semifinals, and all that. Um, The first thing that jumps off the page to me are the dates for those on-campus first-round games. Uh, which are December 20th and December 21st, 2024. So that's Friday, one game, and mm-hmm. Saturday, three games. And I love that there are on-campus games. I, I do too. I this love, is long love, overdue. love it. I just don't love that. And this was always going to be the way it was going to be because this is, this is what bowl season has been. Mm-hmm. But where's the break for the student athletes where, where like where do they get a semester break if they're in the playoff where do they get to go home to their families and enjoy a holiday like you know yeah that's and i think this is something that and i really didn't realize this until the other day when faith was in here and she was recording her podcast which go check that out um and we had Zach Loveday, and he was talking about how basketball players traditionally don't ever really get that. They don't get that Christmas break and stuff. And I've never really put that in perspective, you yeah. know. And that's a situation where it's new. It's going to be, I guess, new to some teams. Um, it sucks, but it's cool, too. I, I think you're going to have, while you would like to be with your family and spending time, to have an opportunity to play on TV 
you know, and be that go-to for everybody. I think that's kind of like a thing where you would, you would take the, the, you, it, it would be worth your while. Like, you know what I'm saying? I yeah. think so. I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Uh, I agree with you. I don't think it's a huge deal. It is just something interesting. Something popped into my head when yeah. I looked at that first weekend of games. Now the second weekend, the second round, the quarterfinals, Tuesday, December 31st, the Fiesta Bowl, and Wednesday, January 1st, the Chick-fil-A Rose, and uh, Chick-fil-A Peach uh, Rose and Sugar Bowls. So the thing there that I think jumped out to both you and me is it's a Tuesday and a Wednesday. Yeah. And it's not necessarily weird. Like, we've we've had stuff like this before. You know, the last few years, the semifinals have consistently been, you know, New Year's Eve or mm -hmm. New Year's Day or however they've chosen to right, allocate right. it. It just... I think the main point I made when we first talked about this was this doesn't help people track through the playoffs. No. This... I look at the NFL playoffs and it's like, well, it's going to be weekend, 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 break, weekend for the Super Bowl. Like you, you can track through that consistently. Mm -hmm. You want you want to go home on a weekend, turn sports on. You know this is where it's going to be, and it's the fact that it's going to be the same teams if they keep winning. You keep following them. March Madness, same thing. Weekend one, Thursday through Sunday. Weekend two, Thursday through Sunday. Mm -hmm. Weekend three, Friday, uh, Friday, Sunday. Right? Yeah. So, you track teams through. There's consistency there. This is weird. It's a 10-day, 10, 11-day That's what I don't like. like I, I, I think I, there's too much time in between. I like it for the teams. I think it's going to... I think it probably helps the better teams with the game planning. And you're always... Like, teams aren't going to sneak up on you. It's not going to be like, oh, man, we've got a quick one-week turnaround. Right, What's right. going to happen? Like, you've got that extra time. I just don't think it does the main thing that playoff expansion is truly meant to do by the people who made the final decision to expand it. I wanted playoff expansion because I wanted my team to have a shot. I think the people who actually expanded the playoff want a playoff expansion for more eyes, more money, more new viewers to get into the sport. Oh, I mean, this is like the, the money that's going to come off of gambling alone from this expansion is going to be absurd. Um, when I was looking at this, a lot of people will be off um, up from work, even though it's a Tuesday and Wednesday because of New Year's. But if you're somebody like, all right, I worked in the medical field for a decade and you don't get holidays off. Like you're, you're working. And most people want to party. You want to, you want to go to a party. You want to watch the game. It kind of sucks if you got to work the next day. You know, like that's yeah. one of those things. It's in the mix. Hell, at a party, how often... I don't know about you, but the parties I go to, like, I'm lucky that I have friends who also love sports as much as right, I do. Right. And we don't, like, we're not trying to go out to a bar or club that's not going to have it on. Uh, so I can usually find a way to have the game on. But a lot of people, they go to parties where the last thing more than half the people the party want on is sports. For well, all those lame sports guys <laughs> to go obsess over in a corner. I think that's when you kind of rely on when the Pac-12 might get excited about this the streaming aspect because if somebody's got like the damn new year's thing on and I have zero interest in watching any of those people. Um, but if that's on the main TV, you're gonna catch me posted up in the corner with my phone, <laughs> just watching the game like that. So there is an Avenue to kind of get around that. It's not ideal, but it is there for those seeking that out. Yeah. It, so it, it's weird, and I would be in favor of them keeping a weekend-to-weekend -weekend schedule for multiple reasons. I 
it like it makes sense to me why they've done it this way because they're keeping something that they already had that way mm -hmm. the way it was it just feels like it's going to hurt the carryover viewership from round to round i i think if you if you sprinkle in other bowl games around that gap like if you fill those 10 days with college bowl games specifically and, uh, in my mind it's that next weekend right it is it well is, that's where the nfl's just trumps everything because you're not and that's why they're trying to avoid this and you're playing every day of the week except sunday in this format is because you just know you can't hang with the big the nfl well no that's the thing the semifinals you're not even playing on saturday well the, yeah because the nfl playoffs have that exactly. saturday and that that that's the uh, that's the next thing from the next round that jumped out to me semifinals thursday january 9th and friday january 10th so like, I get it. You're you're getting back to the weekend thing because everyone's back. Right. It's not the holidays anymore. It's back to a normal kind of work week. Yeah. So you want to be in that back half. You want to be when people are going to be willing to go party and and like commit to watching right. it on a night. It's just, and I know the NFL is almost impossible to compete with. My thing is, you don't need to worry about competing with it. You just need to put yourself. Ah, well, I mean, I mean, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, we're both sitting here being like, why the hell? Is the I just game like, known I for Saturdays not having its championship on a Saturday? Well, well, it's my thing playoffs. is like, I, it not even it don't even have to be on it. The championship itself to me doesn't have to be on a Saturday. Uh, you like, know, what, I don't you know like it being do? on a Monday. And I thought that that was something that they should have addressed with this because move it to a Friday. Hell yeah! Like move it to a Friday. Let that kick off the weekend. No, no, no. no. Because I've got I've got a better idea. Okay, time up the playoffs to the NFL playoffs where the off week heading into the Super Bowl is the College Football National Championship. That would be perfect because you would have all the I eyeballs. know that pushes it back. That makes a gap there in between the regular, like a sizable gap in between the regular season and the full-on postseason. My thing is like, but it ha uh, at that time though, are there finals and stuff going on? Like what is that? Is there's nothing going on for like around that time, right? School last weekend of January. Yeah, I mean, I'm for the national championship, there's nothing they're having to worry about. It, it, essentially, this is like move it back two weeks, I think. Yeah, I mean, it, that, I think that would be ideal, but that regardless, also, that also gives you a window to start having possibly conference championship tournaments of the top four teams, yeah, in the conference, and then they played two rounds. Stuff, stuff like that. It gives you some wiggle room for that for that kind of expansion, for overall schedule expansion in any form. Yeah. So that would be a future thing that I'd be looking towards. But right now, it's just one of one I of the things. I hate how I hate how much of a monopoly the NFL has on those. Oh, dude, it's a stranglehold. It's not even close. Because I I I feel like the national championship college football game. Is a better spectacle, is more entertaining. Not than, last year. Than the NFL wildcard game. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> wow. Garrett, pick a better SEC. example. SEC. <laughs> anyway. I, I don't think I can keep, keep this episode going. I, no. <laughs> yeah, I had, to, I had to get you on that one. Um, oh, one thing God. I did notice, though, and I thought was funny was the Rose Bowl. After all the bitching they did, they finally they get their afternoon slot. They get their little sunset. They get all of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. They get My thing is like, how many years? How does the rotation work though? Like, they're, it's going to be the rotation. They're going to have that. to just bite the bull. 
like not even bite the ball. They're just gonna have to get shot in the head by this at some <laughs> point. Like <laughs> they pretty much already have. <laughs> no, you know what I'm saying though. Like eventually, it's just going to be done. Yeah. Like they've got it for now. I feel like this is the last gap. Okay, so that. Here, here's my thing. I think we're we're all in agreement. We're happy that this is 12. I think you could a lot of people would debate if they want eight or whatever. Is it content to stay 12? over the next couple of years or do you see it expand into 16 like what are your four, after that four years before we hear serious talks probably 10 years before eventual expansion that i don't want to happen mm -hmm. that's fair i think 12 is a great number i really truly i do too think i think it's a perfect great number um long overdue hey you expand you if you expand to to 16 then maybe you really could look at my idea of the timing and fitting the national championship maybe there, that's something that they're looking at that, that could be something down the line you know I'm they sure got plans for it. it yeah i'm sure someone else thought it. point is i i really want to spend some time and sit with 12 teams before i even have to think about expansion four always felt a little too small it was ridiculous yeah i would have wanted eight we've got or 12 six. i'm not like, mad about i'm not mad about 12 and i really just want to live with it for a little before we before we jump into whatever's next and whatever can make more money and exactly all that. but hey i mean i'm gonna have to live with it you're gonna have to live with it y'all are gonna have to live with that being the episode here and uh we're gonna look to expand and make more money in the future but hopefully we'll keep giving you the same good product anyway thank you all for tuning in uh go over to 365 sports at three o'clock today and every weekday for the for the main show that Garrett uh, is the senior producer of. And uh, they'll have your latest on college football, uh, Big 12, college basketball too. Our thing. Uh, everything, Pac-12, realignment stuff, they got it covered. Um, anyway, please uh, check out the other episodes of our podcast on Spotify. Like, uh, subscribe. All that good stuff. We're on Twitter. Give us a follow. Check us out. Anyway, thank you all for tuning in, and this has been the College Chaos Podcast. Peace.